Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Before we get to today's episode, I want you to know that we at Time of Grace have a ton of resources to help you in your walk of faith. From our TV program, to daily devotions, to our Grace Talks video devotions, to podcasts, to our blog, to books, to other books, till still more books, uh, whatever you're looking for and however you best learn, you can stay rooted in Jesus by taking time out for God's word every day. If you're interested, just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up for our daily email. Now, on to today's episode. Life's good. I'm not sure if I want to follow Jesus. I don't consider myself a Christian. I'm not like an every Sunday Bible reading, praying kind of person. And, and you know what? It's kind of okay. I have a meaningful life. I, I love the life that I get to live. I, I think what Jesus would say to you is, Think. Uh, you don't have to say it out loud, but when you woke up this morning, did you feel like, you know, despite all the flaws and imperfections that everyone deals with, that you had a relatively good, meaningful, purposeful, worth living life? As you think about that question, let me pull out some toys that I brought with me today. <laughs> uh, let's pretend that this green oversized Lego is you. If you can't see in the back, I, I wrote the word you on it. Uh, as you think about the, the things that give you meaning and purpose, I, I wonder if a lot of them are connected to this. To family, to friends, uh, to your work, and to your health. A lot of people would say that they enjoy life, that they love life, that they feel really blessed in life, because connected to them is all of this. And I wonder if many of you are thinking the same thing. Do I have a good life? Well, some of you would immediately think of your family. Right? A number of you after church today, you're going to gather around a table with people that know you and love you, people that you can laugh with. There's not going to be tons of tension or drama. There's going to be board games and, and too much food and more board games and then another round of food. And it's not going to be the worst day of the year because family isn't terrible. Family's good. And, you know, dad has his flaws and your little sister is your little sister. But still, you have a good family, you have a good life. Some of you think of the person you fell in love with, uh, the person who stuck with you over all these years, the person that has given you uh, beautiful babies and, and children to raise, your son, your daughter might be at that table. The family can give you a really meaningful life. And so can friends. You don't have to be married with, with a couple of kids to have a good life. Uh, Jesus wasn't married. And he had an amazing life. The Apostle Paul was satisfied with his life. He, he wasn't married either. You know, if you have some of those people that you could text today, Snapchat, share a ridiculous meme with, uh, friends maybe you hung out with this weekend, you'll spend some time with if you have Easter Monday off. If you have people to do life with, that is one of the best ways to do life. Or maybe some of you would think of work. You know, work kind of gets a bad rap, doesn't it? Mondays are the worst and everyone wants to retire. But honestly, a bunch of you don't feel that way at all. You kind of feel like me. I love my job. I, I love what I do. I, I love coming to church. I, I love studying. I love working with the people that I work with. And, and some of you, you know, work has its frustrations. But you, like if you were 65 and, and you could get out and survive, you wouldn't. 
You don't want to work because it gives you meaning and purpose and something meaningful to do. Or maybe some of you would think of good health. Right? In a world where knees wear out, where ankles go bad, where, where backs can get sore, in a world with anxiety and depression and, and mental health issues, you maybe feel really good today. Now, some of you maybe walk to church. Some of you, maybe if you got here late, you had to walk about a 5K to get the church to the parking lot. Some of you are sitting at home watching on your couch, but, but you could have walked around your house. You know, you can run a 5K, survive a 5K, endure a 5K without slowing down. Like, you have good health. You're, you're blessed with that, uh, especially those of you who are older. And you put all these things together, and, and a lot of us would say, my life is pretty good. I'm, I'm loved. I have friends. I pass my days with meaning and purpose. I don't have to reach for a pill in the medicine cabinet. I have a good, good life. But others of you wouldn't say that. Maybe one or or more of these things were kind of difficult to hear about because maybe maybe your work isn't very meaningful. Uh, Maybe you've been through a divorce or your parents have. Maybe Easter is going to be a, a little bit awkward and you're not going to be able to talk about this or that because, you know, someone's going to blow up and it's going to get ugly. Um, maybe you move to a new city and it's been hard to connect and find friends. And maybe your health is, is a wreck and this has been the most anxious year that you can remember in a long, long time. Uh, the doctors can't figure out what's wrong. You're going through chemo, a, a thousand different things that can mess with your health. And you'd say, I, I wish, but life is, is kind of like this. And I know those are the, the two extremes. You're probably somewhere in the middle with some of the good and some of the bad. But today I want to talk to you about the best life possible. In John chapter 10, uh, Jesus spoke these words. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Whew. I love that last little line right there. Jesus said, the reason I came, the the reason I left my Father in heaven was not just to tell people what to do and not just to say, well, don't drink too much and hey, be careful with sex and you better give money and you should really go to church. You know, sometimes we think of Jesus as one who kind of restricts life and Jesus said, no, no, no. I have come, I've taught, I have preached so that people could have life. And then he paused and said, and have it to the full. That's such a sweet thought to me that Jesus himself wants me to have a full life. Um, Some Bible translations say an abundant life. A life with meaning and purpose, not just a miserable life as I follow him as a Christian, but a great life now and an even better life to come. If you'd ask Jesus what he meant by that, like uh, a full life, like you're going to give me like the love of my life and you're going to fix my, my back problems and you're going to give me a new job? Uh, Jesus would smile and say, uh-uh, something better. In John chapter 17, uh, he spoke these words. He says, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Uh, guys, quick confession. Uh, have you ever, from your high school years, do you remember ever like seeing a girl that you really liked and uh, you told one of your buddies and because he was a good buddy, he said something like, dude, 
she's out of your league. <laughs> like, thanks for dreaming. That would be nice. Good luck if it happens, but nah, maybe, maybe let's adjust the people we're going after here. You know, Jesus, in a very serious way, kind of said that about God. Like, if God is so good, if he's not just God, but glorious and wonderful, spotless and pure, if he is holy, then there's this kind of problem that, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm normal. I'm flawed. I'm human. I'm, I make mistakes. I'm not as perfect and good as a God like that. So how can a person like you, a person like me, have life if life means being with God? And then Jesus would smile again and say, I'll tell you. <laughs> In John 14, Jesus spoke these words. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, in incredible love and compassion, he became the way that people like you connect with a God like that. Jesus said that if he would actually come down from heaven, if he would love you, forgive you, make you good in the eyes of God, he could actually raise you up to have a life like that. And maybe it's childish, but if I had to, to make a pitch to say, what is Christianity about? I would say this. Not that we get to go through life with this, you know, Jesus following him and God, but there is this amazing, glorious God. And because Jesus lived and he died and he rose from the grave, you and I can be with him today, tomorrow, and forever. We can have the gift of everlasting and eternal life. We could be loved. We could be known. We could have God in the room. We could face cancer. We could deal with breakups. We could survive pandemics. We, we could deal with the politics. If we knew that God, God himself was right here, we'd be okay. And it would be a really good life. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, what did Jesus say about life? I'd summarize it this way. He, he said, God is life. If you know him, you know the way to a full and abundant life. Now, I want to connect those words really specifically to a whole bunch of you. But before I get there, I, I want to pause and ask, a, I think, an intellectual question. Why would we believe Jesus? Jesus said the best kind of life that you could live is to get connected through him to God. But why trust Jesus' word on the matter? Now, if after church you would Google the meaning of life, <laughs> you would find answer after answer after answer, philosophy after philosophy, religion after religion. So, you know, why trust this book, this message, this Jesus? I think if you ask Jesus that question, he would say, Easter. Which reminds me of this picture. Uh, it's a picture that I snapped in front of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Uh, it's in the city of Jerusalem. Have you heard the story before? Um, that church is one of the oldest Christian churches on the planet. 
Uh, it was originally dedicated, I think, in the year 335 AD, but its story goes back much further than that. About 200 years earlier, the Roman emperor Hadrian had wanted to build a temple to his gods over the supposed place where the Christian's god had risen from the dead. And so he, he covered it over with stone. He built massive statues to Zeus and Venus, I believe. And for 200 years, that's what people saw in Jerusalem. But Constantine wanted to know, he was curious, what's underneath the temple? And a fourth century historian was there taking notes, watching as, as they broke through the stone and as they dug and dug and dug, as Christians who had heard from their parents, who had heard from their parents, who had heard from their parents that this was the spot, do you want to know what they found? A tomb. And do you want to know what wasn't inside? A Jesus. <laughs> A first century tomb with no human bones. I love how Jesus himself said it in one passage of the Bible, Revelation 1. He said, I am the living one. I was dead. <laughs> but now look. I am alive forever and ever and ever. It wasn't just some idea that Peter and James and John and Mary had. It was an event in history, an event that could be witnessed and seen, a living Jesus that could be touched. There was Mary as a witness, and then there was Peter. There were the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. There were all the apostles and Thomas the doubter. There were Jesus' brother, James, who, who thought, no way my brother could be God. And there was the Apostle Paul who was killing Christians until the living Jesus appeared to him. There were 500 witnesses. There were early songs and hymns written just years after the historical event. In the very century itself, the world changed. And if you're a reasonable person, if you're a logical thinker, you have to ask yourself the question, why? Why would people suddenly be willing to to suffer, to give up everything, to die for a message if they knew it was false? And the reasonable answer is because it was true. And so if you're one of those people who isn't sure just yet what to think about Jesus, I want to have you write down this answer. Why would you trust Jesus? Because Jesus is alive There's a lot of people claiming to be the truth, but I don't know anyone who predicted his own death and his own raising from the grave and then pulled it off. What is life? It's being with God. Why trust Jesus? Because Jesus is alive. And that brings us to the last thing I want to say this morning. What does all this mean for you? Jesus said this, and okay, maybe, maybe there's something to think about here to, to trust Jesus, but what would Jesus say to you? Like, if you're one of those people who, who doesn't have Jesus and God just yet, if life is hard or if life is really good, what, what would Jesus say to you? Let me wrap up today by applying this teaching to four groups of you. Um, those of you who have a good life but no God, those of you who have a bad life but no God, those of you who have a, a hard life and you do have God, and those of you who have a great life and you have God, right? So first, let's start with those of you whose life is like this. Uh, if you're watching at home and you can say, you know, I'm not so sure. Life's good. I'm not sure if I want to 
follow Jesus. I don't consider myself a Christian. I'm not like an every Sunday Bible reading, praying kind of person. And, and you know what? It's kind of okay. I have a meaningful life. I, I love the life that I get to live. I, I think what Jesus would say to you is, think. Just think. If the reason you have a good life is things like this, your marriage, your kids, your friends, your job, your health, just think of how quickly any of those things can go. Right? It's not one in a billion that people go through hard losses in this life. Like all of us, the industry changes. A pandemic hits. We become a little bit too old to keep in the company. It is so easy to lose your job. And your friends. You get these super close friends in college, then they all get jobs and they scatter to the four corners of the world. They, they start their own relationships. They meet new friends. They get really busy. And the people you used to be so close with, for some of you, the people who stood up in your wedding, you haven't spoken to in, in forever because friends come and then friends go. And, and sadly, family does too. And not every marriage makes it. Not every family stays close. Even the closest families get busy. Even the best parents pass on. <laughs> and I don't have to preach to you about, about this part, how one accident, one lump, one condition, one false step, one twisted knee, you know, anything can change our health in an instant. I think what Jesus would say to you is just think. If the meaning of your life is based on something temporary, think of how terrifying that is. That one bad day, one unforeseen year could rob you of everything. And while you're thinking, Jesus would say, well, and what about the life to come? If it's just you and your truck and the great things you did at your job, what will that do for you when you have to stand before the face of the Almighty God? And maybe some of you stumbled through the church doors today. Um, maybe there's some drama you've had with your, your kid's mother. Uh, maybe you're battling an addiction like Michael Phelps did and, and you're bottomed out. Maybe you're watching at home because you didn't even want to come because your anxiety was so high. What, what Jesus would say to you is that you can have an amazing life. An amazing life because you could have, you could have this. And maybe the anxiety wouldn't go away and maybe you wouldn't meet that special someone at Starbucks on Easter Monday. But, but you would wake up on Monday with God. Like a God, a loving, strong, compassionate God. You, you could face the next week, the next year, this whole life knowing that God is in the room by your side. Jesus' love is so great. He says, you don't have to be perfect. You don't even have to be good. You don't have to be popular. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be strong. He said once about life, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so I want to extend the offer to you too that there's nothing. There's nothing. God is not stopping you from walking into his presence today. You couldn't do that with the president. You couldn't do that with the CEO. But with God, you always can. So I won't beg and I won't plead, but I'll kind of beg and plead. Check the box. 
You're so close, right? The, the, the pen is sitting on the chair next to you. The little card is, is sitting in the program. And, and I'm passionate about this because honestly, friends, this is how it happens. The, the daughter comes to, to church for the first time. And, uh, and the boyfriend says, fine, I'll go. And the kid says, well, mom, if it'll make you happy, but before we eat brunch, I'll come with you. I've seen this so many times where someone who didn't think that they could find life here, that they came and, and they were just curious enough to have the courage to check that tiny box. And one domino to another led to that, life with God. Third, some of you already have this. You do believe in Jesus. You believe he lived for you, died for you, rose for you. You are connected to the eternal God. You know him and you don't have this. What, what would Jesus say to you? I think he would say this. What a life. I have to imagine it's, it's really hard when you don't have these four things. If you're putting out resumes and, and just it's not working, if you're grinding it out at a job that you really hate, it, it must be so hard to see people who love their work. If family and, and friendships haven't worked out for you, if, if you eat... <laughs> Like your Easter meal is going to be a Salisbury steak TV dinner on a tray in front of a big screen. Like when you, when you see all these happy, put together families in, in church, after that must be really hard. But, but what Jesus would say is, what a life. There are billions of people. Think, think about this math. Billions of people who all they have is temporary stuff. That's all they got. But you have God, you have love, you're known, you're cared for. There's a plan for you. There is a future for you. You are so close, years, a couple decades for some of you from seeing the face of God, from never crying again, weeping again, mourning again. You're going to dance and celebrate. Even if you're Caucasian and male, you're going to dance in the kingdom of God. My, my goodness, Jesus would say, no more pity parties. Life is hard. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to get you through it. But you have a good life because you have the purpose of life. You have God. Or finally, Jesus would speak to some of you who have a, a life like mine. I know biblically that my life is temporary. Uh, but right now, I'm in one of those stages at, at 40 years old where all of this is really good. I love coming here on Sundays, my, my favorite day of the week, to work. On Wednesdays, I run around like a, like a gazelle and kick goals in my soccer league. I love my wife. She loves me. Our, our girls are at the perfect age. I have amazing friends who are so stupid and they're so dumb and they're so wonderful and they love me so much. Like, Everything is, is working. I, I know that's going to change, but right now it's a really good Easter and, and some of you are just like that. Like you're not battling addiction, that there's not drama in your home. It, it's going to be a good Easter. If that's you, here's what Jesus would say. It gets better. Like, like when you are 1,800 calories into this Easter meal, Jesus would say, oh, it gets better. But when that fat-cheeked granddaughter is, is bouncing on your knee on the couch <laughs> and you just, I mean, you feel all the feels, Jesus would say, it gets better. 
when you're falling in love, when you get the job, when he texts you back, when you score the goal, when you get the project, when you, when you knock it out of the park, when you're listening to your favorite song, all the good things of this life, Jesus would say, it gets so much better. And so for those of you who are so blessed this Easter, here's what I want to say to you. Just lean into it. Lean into it. In, enjoy every moment. Don't think, well, this is just earthly stuff. I, no, like just leverage it and think if, if people can be this good, if this life can be this good, imagine. Imagine the life to come. And you might not lift up your hands, but, but your heart will worship and say, God, thank you. Thank you for life. And no matter what this life gives you, you will always have the best life of all. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for not being average. Um, if you were an average spiritual teacher, you would have given us some wise sayings to live better, but you didn't. Instead, you gave us the gift of life. Instead of preaching some mediocre God, you exalted him to the highest place in our thoughts and our hearts. And then you took lowly people like us, sinful people like us. You washed us clean at the cross and you raised us up on Easter to be with God forever. Thank you. Uh, I pray Jesus right now to everyone who doesn't follow you yet. For everyone here, everyone listening, everyone watching, that they're not really connected, that they're not really sure. Would you draw them and give them the humility and courage just to take a small step? Uh, Jesus, for all my brothers and sisters who are suffering, you, you see them, you know them, and you have promised to be with them. Give them strength and courage to get through these days one at a time until they take that final breath and enjoy a life where there is no suffering or pain because you are alive. And finally, Father, I, I pray for all of us who are so blessed, who have so many good things in this life. When we walk out of church today, many of us are going to see the sunshine, we're going to breathe the fresh air, we're going to hear the birds. We're going to see the smiles of the faces of the people that we love. We're going to enjoy good food, good shows, and a really good day. Help us just to think, God, if a broken, backwards world can be that good. <laughs> Imagine the world where you are at the center. Today we worship you, God. You are risen and you are alive, and so we come running out of the grave of hopelessness. We come running out of the grave of unbelief. We come running out of the grave of sadness. And when we see your face, we find the meaning and happiness that is life. Thank you so much for your word, God. Thank you for this message. Give us the strength to believe it and the faith to live it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone who trusted in his voice, they joined their voices and they said, Amen. What is love? That's kind of a complicated question. Is love the tender side of us? You know, the compassionate, supportive, I'm going to walk with you and not judge you? Or is love kind of tough? Correcting you, calling you out, caring about your choices and your future because I, I care about you. And which of the two, tough or tender, do you choose and at what time and with which people? And that's why you and I need Jesus. Jesus, who is the God of love, knows exactly how to combine tough and tender in the perfect way. And that's why I want you to get your hands on my brand new book called, What is Love? We're going to follow Jesus and listen to his words and try to figure out that right balance with tough and tender as we receive God's love and show that same love to others. Uh, you're also going to find within it a Bible study by Amber L.B. Swenson. You might know her from her podcasts and writings with Time of Grace. 
Amber is going to give us a crash course on biblical love so that we can love people biblically and wisely and very practically in our day-to-day -day lives. What is love is our way of thanking you for your financial support. Request yours when you give by calling 800-661-3311, visit timeofgrace.org, write us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53201. Time of Grace doesn't end here. Visit timeofgrace.org and explore encouraging resources or sign up for a daily email and have everything delivered right to your inbox. Like our Grace Moments devotions, Grace Talks devotional videos, blog, and podcasts. Follow us on social media where you'll find a supportive Christian community. If you need prayer, give us a call and let us know what's on your heart. Thank you so much for your support. See you next week on Time of Grace.